0: you have a Bible tonight, turn with me uh, to the book of Ruth, and let's go to chapter 2. Ruth meets Boaz, uh, the love story begins. And you're going to see the love story not yet with Ruth and and Boaz, but just this love between uh, a mother-in-law and her daughter-in-law, and it's just such a blessing to see. Remember last week, I want to just take you back up, and you need to know this real quick. Naomi, in the Hebrew, her name means pleasantness. Other translations tell you her name means delightful, her name means lovable, and her name means sweetness. Now, I give you all those because her character uh, brings this forth in the teaching uh, here uh, tonight. And so many times when we see the Hebrew names and the Greek names, many times in the translation, it it definitely speaks of their character. And if Naomi could be summed up in one word, she was a very loving person. And so now in Ruth chapter 2, Naomi, the lovable wife of Elimelech and mother of Mahalon and Chilion, uh, the mother-in-law of Ruth and Oprah, both Moabite women. They married two sons of Naomi and Elimelech, uh, and his wife uh, left the district. This is Naomi now. Elimelech and, and Wyoming, excuse me, Naomi. They left the. I almost said Wyoming. I don't know why. They left the district of Bethlehem, Judah, because of the famine in the land. Uh, they found a new home in the uplands of Moab. Now, Moab was only about 35, 40 miles away. But in reality, they went back to Babylon by going to to Moab. God had already brought the children of Israel uh, to the promised land. And because a famine comes in into the land, the famine was very severe. Now, the reason the famine, listen to this, is because Israel went back into the world. Israel began to worship foreign gods. Israel began to marry uh, foreign women. And they began to worship the idols. And that's the constant message in the Old Testament for the children of Israel. We just completed the book of Judges. There was 400 years of judges. And yet, what were they doing? Uh, They did that which was right in their own eyes. They were into idol worship. They were into marrying the foreign women. And so now God comes to this place in the book of Ruth. And he's going to bring forth a kinsman redeemer. And through, this is so beautiful. When you go back to Matthew chapter 1 and you see the genealogy of Jesus, you will find Ruth in there, a Moabite. And there's other women in there. You need to go back and study that. How interesting when we speak about bloodlines, especially from England. And, and you know, I appreciate the, the English culture and all this, but they make such a, a, you know, hoop and holler over the king and the queen. And they're all sinners. They need to come to saving grace. And it's not about the blue blood. It's about Jesus' blood. That's what it's about. And so now, Elimelech and Naomi had gone basically to Moab for a 10-year span. But then her husband dies. Her two sons die. The only thing she has left now is two daughter-in-laws that are not Jewish. They're not Hebrews. They're Moabites. And she gets word that uh, God is blessing Israel again. And so she wants to head back. Orphan and and Ruth, they both want to follow her. And she says, no, stay with your family. But Ruth pursues it. I mean, she has such a love for Naomi. It's incredible. And the only thing you can attest to that is that she sees God in this woman. She respects this woman. And she's going to care for this woman. And off the top of your head, how many of you, and don't raise your hand, uh, you're going to take care of your mother-in-law. I'll take care of her one day. (laughs) Uh, You shouldn't be that way. But here's a beautiful love story. It just impresses on my heart. And so in Ruth chapter 2, Ruth meets Boaz. The love story begins, but uh, it's just superficial. Boaz sees something in her. Look at verse 1 now. Uh, there was a, a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family, family of Elimelech. Uh, his name was Boaz. Now, two keys that we're going to see here concerning Ruth's life. Number one, uh, Naomi's husband's family member lives in Bethlehem. And secondly, Uh, We will see that Boaz is a rich landowner. Remember that Naomi has nothing. She told Ruth and Ophrah uh, to stay in Moab. Ophrah did stay, but Ruth chose to follow Naomi to Bethlehem. And that's where the love begins. She loves Naomi. I believe that Naomi's testimony uh, went before her. Uh, Ruth uh, saw something in her. What did she see? She saw a godly woman. We believe that Boaz chose to stay in the time of the famine. God blesses him uh, to the place that uh, they gave him uh, the title, Man of Great Wealth. And so here's a key for Boaz. Boaz stayed and he served the Lord. In the midst of famine. I'm sure that many of the Hebrews uh, tried to escape. Because it was tough times. But the famine that came was judgment upon the nation. Because they had dabbled back into idol worship. But Boaz loved the Lord. And when you love the Lord, and you obey the Lord, He's going to bless you. That doesn't mean we don't have trials. But I believe that God knew, obviously, that... Uh, Ruth and Naomi would be back or that Naomi would be back and then Ruth would follow because she's part of the genealogy. And God has Boaz there set up. He's ready to bless her. He has no idea. And, And this is what we shared last week and many times over. In Esther chapter 4, verse 14, Esther was placed there for such a time as this. And so Boaz is placed there now for such a time as this. God brings Ruth from Moab for such a time as this. How many times in our life, uh, sometimes we throw up the red flag and we say, Lord, what are you doing? Why are these trials of tribulation, hardship, and pain? Lord, why am I being tested again? Why am I constantly, you know, going through the fire? And yet God has a purpose. God has a reason. And I've learned through the years to kind of kick back and say, okay, do what you need to do, Lord. And he does. Our place is to follow what God is doing. This is Naomi. And now Ruth is involved. And Boaz is going to be involved. Look at verse 2 now. And so Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go uh, to the field and glean heads of grain. And he says, after him in whose sight I find Favor. She doesn't know Boaz is the one that's going to be doing this. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Now, Ruth has no idea, but they need food, obviously. The mother in law, we don't know what age, but she's probably up there. And so, gleaning was part of the law. Did she know this Moabite woman? Did she know about Leviticus chapter 19? In Leviticus chapter 19, I believe it's in verse 19, uh, the command to the farmers in Israel, uh, they were not to completely harvest the fields. Uh, They were commanded to leave uh, the the corners, but they were cut. They were uh, commanded to leave those corners uh, of the field in the harvest time, and they would leave them spears of, of grain and such, and they were commanded to leave it on the ground and not to pick it up. This was God's welfare system. This was God's provision for the nation of Israel. That was the poor, the widows, the orphans. God took care of them. And think about it, an owner, I mean, I'm going to gather all the wheat I can. I'm going to take in all the harvests I can. But God has commanded in the law, leave the corners for the gleaners. And that was so precious at the time. Now, obviously, to me, uh, Naomi most likely told all these stories to Ruth. Because she's ready to go out and hopefully find favor in one of the owners. Look at verse 3 now. Then she left, this is Ruth, and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. She obviously began to, you know, go to the various Fields, but when she come to this particular field, this is the field that belonged to Boaz, who was the family of aac. Uh, did she know Boaz? I don't believe so, not yet. We will see as we continue, but uh, as we shared in so many teachings, Boaz is placed there for such a time as this. Naomi is placed there for such a time as this, and now Ruth is there for such a time as this. God will place you in the place that He has for you. God did it for Esther. God did it for Naomi. God did it for Ruth. And I want you to include yourself. God does it for you. I I can honestly say in the last 30 plus years, how many times God did that, has done that in my life and Mary's life, in our household and such things that take place, and we, we used to question them, but we just throw up our hands now and say, okay, Lord, we're just going to follow your lead. And sometimes it's rough and tough, but God said he'll never give you any more than you can handle. God did it for Esther, did it for Ruth, did it for Naomi. He's doing it for Boaz. He does it for you. Boaz is this kinsman redeemer. redeemer. We're going to see him as we continue. Now, look at verse 4. Now, behold, Boaz came uh, from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, uh, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord be with you. Listen to the relationship uh, that he has with his workers. Notice that Boaz, Boaz the uh, the owner, is very hospitable. He's gracious. He's great with his workers. There's blessings flowing all the way around. They respond back with a blessing of their own. Why? Now, number one, it's the culture. Secondly, they were taught uh, hospitality. Or there was a change. Listen, there was a change in the hearts of the people in Israel. There's no more famine. God is blessing Israel. This is the way uh, it was supposed to be. And such a blessing here. Now, 30-plus years ago, when Mary and I arrived here, uh, one of the things that blew us away of the Southwest, people used to say hello. People would say good morning. They would say it in Spanish and English. It's called Spanglish, right? I mean, no matter where we went, to the bank, to the store, a gas station, You go up to the mall, whatever it might be, people were courteous. Uh, 30 years later, some of you can attest to this, things have changed. A lot of these people are taking grumpy pills, right? But there's such a love right now in Israel. God's blessing them. And and what gets me is that through the history of Israel, uh, they know. When God was blessing them, it was because they were being obedient uh, to the Lord. And so, look at verse 5 now. Then Boaz said to his, his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Who is this young woman here? And so, God is at work. Boaz, his name means strength. This man loves the Lord. He says to his servant in the field, One of those that would be in charge of of the reaper, a foreman, a supervisor. Who does this woman belong to, this woman Ruth? And so God is going to obviously open his eyes. He's obviously watching her work. She's good at what she's doing. Remember, we've shared so many times, uh, people watch your testimony. People want to see who you are. You tell them, especially you're a Christian, they're going to watch you. And I know when we make a mistake, they're quick to, to notice that. And you might do a hundred good things, but it's important. My, it's important to me to have a strong witness, not here at church. And, and yes, my witness is here at church and not you here at church. And yes, your witness is here at church. But how do you act tomorrow at work? How do you act tomorrow at school? Your workplace, how do you act if you're a boss to your employees? I mean, see, it it goes full circle. You're not just a Christian here at church, but you're Christian, Christ-likeness 24-7. In verse 6, And so the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. Everybody had to know the story. Back in Ruth chapter 1, verse 19, uh, the two women, Naomi and Ruth, uh, traveled until they came uh, to Bethlehem. It happened when they had come to Bethlehem uh, that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, it's Naomi. This is 10 years have passed now. But they still knew and still remembered Naomi. They obviously knew that her husband, Elimelech, is dead and the two boys are dead. Did they know about Ruth tagging along? If not, they know now. And it's interesting that they know that this is Naomi's daughter-in-law. Again, I can't emphasize more. There's a love relationship between the two. Look at verse 7. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. And so she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Hospitality now goes further. Ruth politely asked. I believe that Ruth and Naomi prayed. And if not, I know that Naomi prayed. Lord, find favor uh, for my daughter-in-law. Find favor. Uh, I don't think Naomi's even thinking of Boaz at the time. The Lord, as she goes out and and gleans the fields, find favor for her. Uh, You have to understand something. She's a Moabite. She might be rejected. And you're going to see Boaz here. He's going to put up a hedge of protection for her. I'm sure that the foreman by now, the supervisor by now, had reported to Boaz. He told of Ruth's submission and her attitude. There's a sense in, in which the gleaning was her right. Listen to this. It was her right to gather. But she never quoted Leviticus chapter 19. She properly asked for the right to gather in from the field. This shows up as she brings in the fruit in a sense. Obviously Naomi taught her. Obviously Naomi uh, spoke of her. Remember Ruth is a Moabite. It's not an easy task. A woman that's married now or was married to a Hebrew family. But I think in that time span that Ruth was able to minister to her. Notice at the bottom of verse 7, she worked all day. No doubt, the farmer saw this. She was diligently working. And we're going to see how how hard she worked. She made quite a bit of a take of grain that day. And so look at verse 8 now. Then Boaz said to, to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter. Will you not? Do not go to glean in another field. She's exhorting her with love. Nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Those women that were working in the field. These were Boaz, female field servants. Uh, They tied together the the cut stalk of the grain. And Boaz told Ruth to stay close to them. So she would be well taken care of. Plus he wants her uh, in his fields because they generally would go to all the various fields. And again, Ruth is a stranger. She's a Moabite. Others might look to harm her. She doesn't belong here. She belongs in in Moab. And then there could have been those that were jealous already. Oh, that's the one that came in uh, with Naomi. Uh, There's a lot of uh, evidence here that we don't know of. Uh, Was... uh, Ruth's still wearing the clothing. That's how they told you apart many times. The clothing of the Moabites. And obviously everybody else there was Hebrew. And they had a different type of clothing. And so maybe they wanted to harm her. Maybe that's what Boaz said. Maybe Boaz had seen that before. Look at verse 9. Let your eyes be on the field uh, which they reap. And go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels I drink uh, and drink from that the young men have drawn. Boaz, his kindness, extended towards Ruth. Stay in my fields. Follow the others. Boaz warned the young men, do not touch her. And when she gets thirsty, let her drink of the vessels that are there. I like this. Again, we we see this love relationship. She was not just gleaning for herself. Listen, she was gleaning for Naomi also. She was working for Boaz, bringing in the harvest, helping out in the harvest. She's a good steward. But I think he saw beyond that. He saw the love in Ruth. And this love is what. Naomi had built up in her by sharing with her. We've shared this many times. uh, Depending on how long you've been a believer, how long you've been a Christian, I hope and pray you're not the same person that you were. God transforms us. God changes us. God is changing Ruth. And it's not finished yet. God had transformed, had changed Naomi, but they took off to Moab because, you know, she has to go where her husband goes. Elimelech said, there's nothing here, we got to go. She was obedient. And in that process of her obedience, she loses her husband and her two sons, but she's gained two daughter-in-laws, and one of them now has gone back. And so obedience goes a long ways, and it's not an easy task. Look at verse 10. And so she fell. This is Ruth. She fell on her face and bowed down to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me? Since I am a foreigner. She recognizes. She obviously knew that foreigners were not welcome. And yet, and this is why he sent out the the edict. you know, take care of her. Don't bother her. Keep her away from any harm, any danger. These are the provisions that God has made. She did not see the kindness, listen to this, in her own homeland of Moab. She has no idea, or or does she, that God has gone before her. You know, before I came to Saving Grace and some of you can identify with that before you came uh, to saving grace. Little did we know, but God had His hand upon us. God was keeping us in the hollow of His hand. I don't know how many times I should have uh, been in automobile accidents, or I should have been uh, pulled over by the police and such. And God's hand of grace upon us. One time we were out in Pismo Beach, and we were uh, in our dune buggies from one of my friends, and. Uh, We had been drinking, and uh, we were going in the dunes, and there was no rules and regulations. There was no lights, and there was cliffs everywhere. And naturally, we went airborne one time, and we're going a good, you know, 80 miles an hour. And it was a split second. It was five seconds, 10 seconds, uh, but you might as well say it was two hours because the heart just was... Pumping so hard, we had no because we knew some of the cliffs were out there. When we hit the ground, we all <laughs> repented that day. But even then, God had His hand of grace upon us. I want you to mark this verse down. We've shared it before in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us. Who can be against us? Paul is teaching the Romans in that section about love, about agape love. If God be before us, who can be against us? Now, in being a Christian, I have to trust God, and I will trust God. But sometimes we have no idea how many times God was before us in the midst of our sinful nature in the midst of our rebellious nature. Don't raise your hands, but some of you that drank as, as much as I did, uh, how many times you get home late at night and you have no idea how you got home? Or have you ever gotten home and your car's not in the driveway? Then you start calling friends and family and whoever was with you the night before, if you can remember. and They said, oh, you were too gone. We left, we parked it here and we took you home. Don't even remember. If God before us, who can be against us? God is going before Ruth. God is going before Boaz. He's definitely going before Naomi. In verse 11, And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me. Listen, news traveled fast. All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death uh, of your husband and how you have left your father And your mother, she had family in Moab. It's not easy to leave. And you came to the land of your birth. And have come to a people whom you did not know before. Ruth's witness had gone before her. Ruth's witness has now gone before Boaz. Boaz knows all about her. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, he's a a landowner. He's a businessman. He's well-known in the community. He knows that Naomi's there. He does not know this relationship, but it's all coming together. Such love, such compassion. What Boaz saw, listen to this, church. What Boaz saw was the love that Ruth had for Naomi. This is a mother-in-law, and this is a daughter-in-law. She left her family. She left mom and dad. I'm thinking whatever uh, she left was a whole lot better coming now uh, with Naomi. Even though she had no concept, Lord, what are we going to do? Maybe Naomi went back to the same old house. It could still be there. What are we going to eat? And yet God is already uh, providing. Look at verse 12. Uh, The Lord repay your work. And a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel. Under whose wings you have come for refuge. This is the command given to Ruth. Boaz sees it. Boaz knows it. Now we've shared this so many times obedience will always bring blessings. If you obey me, I'm going to bless you. If you disobey me, I'm going to curse you. Uh, That was the laws of Deuteronomy chapter 27 and chapter 28. It's always been that nature for the children of Israel. We're to obey God. And what about the New Testament church? What does God call us to? He calls us to obedience. The word of God is there. We have a free will. We're free moral agents. We have a free will to choose or to reject. God puts it all there for us. And so here's the nation of Israel. And when you know the history, it's incredible why they would go back. Again, 400 years of the judges and that theme just rings in my ears. They did that which was right in their own eyes. Well, I know what the scripture says, but I'm going to do what I want. That's the mentality in our United States today. Look at verse 13. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight. Listen to the request here. Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, uh, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant. So I'm not like one of your maidservants. What does she say? I'm not a Moabite. I just can't grasp this. Yet Boaz was reaching out to her. Boaz was reaching out to her most likely because of Naomi. But you're going to see, this is where the love relationship builds and begins. I mean, he cares so much uh, for Naomi, and, and now he's caring for me. I'm a Moabite. I knew when I came here, it was not going to be easy. In verse 14, now Boaz uh, said to her at mealtime, listen to this, the break time, time to eat, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread into the vinegar or the sour wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed the parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied. Now listen to this. And she kept some She kept some back. And we're going to see. It was for Naomi. It was for Naomi. Grain was a staple uh, in Israel. Uh, The translation here in the Hebrew, uh, they were eating roasted corn. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, it speaks about dipping uh, of the bread into the meat bowls. Or here we see the sour wine. We see Jesus would dip the bread In fact, what did he say about Judas? He who dips his bread with me is the one that's going to betray me. And he dipped the bread and the people didn't even see it. The other disciples didn't even see it. So it was a common uh, nature to do this. And uh, the sour wine would have been there because uh, most likely they didn't take any meat out there. So they're eating, the, as we see here, the roasted corn. In verse 15, and when she rose up to glean. Boaz commanded uh, his young men, uh, saying, let her glean, even among the sheaves. Now, they weren't supposed to be doing that. Uh, The gleaners were to take the corners. But do not reproach her. No gleaning was done till the sheaves were all bound. That was the job, basically, uh, of the women uh, servants. They would bound and the stocks would be set up. But I want you to see this again, how the love just continues. Boaz gave Ruth a privilege. She can glean among the sheaves. And this is why she was able to gather more. Now, we don't hear of the other women or the other uh, servants, but this can't be good. There's jealousy. Or has God touched the nation of Israel uh, so much uh, that they were so respectful? Hey, that's Naomi's daughter-in-law. And we're to love her also. In verse 16, Also let grain from the bundles of fall purposely for her. Listen to this. Leave it that she may glean. Do not rebuke her for it. Because they were not supposed to be taken uh, from the sheaves. When they harvested, they would always be leftovers by the for the gleaners. Yet Boaz orders his men... To purposely, I like that. Uh, allow the grain from the bundles to fall for Ruth. Why? Because there was such a love, of such a compassion there, such a relationship. Look at verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until evening, and, and she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an epaph of barley. It was very customary for them to use a stick. And they use a stick to beat on the grain. It's still common today in the Middle East where, uh, you know, the cultures provide, uh, they haven't advanced and such. It still happens today. Uh, they still have the Bedouins and such. And so Ruth, ga- Ruth gleaned enough to support herself, listen, and her mother-in-law. Listen to this. This epath works out to be About five days of food provision. One of my commentaries says, uh, approximately five and a half gallons. She had enough. More than enough. Uh, The gleaners, it was enough for them to go and possibly get enough, you know, grain for the day, for the evening meal. She's already eaten with Boaz and the rest of the, uh, you know, servants. And now she takes in In this one day, five and a half gallons or five days worth, uh, another commentary said she had a a bushel full. I like that. Look at verse 18. And then she took it up and she went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw that she had gleaned. And so she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. She didn't give her any part of the five and a half gallons of, of grain. She gave the leftovers. She gave the leftovers. I I thought that was so neat. Because she most likely didn't eat a lot when she was with, you know, the servants. She didn't want to be, you know, taken advantage of. And so she, I believe, took part of her portion. And she brought it back for Naomi. She was always... Thinking of Naomi. In verse 19. And her mother-in-law said to her. Where have you gleaned today? And where did you work today? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. She doesn't know yet. And so she told her mother-in-law. Uh, with whom she had worked. And she said the man. Name with whom I worked with today. Is Boaz. His name means strength. At that moment when the name was said, I, I could just sense Naomi's heart leaps. Naomi's heart skips a beat. Or Naomi's heart pumps harder. She knows who Boaz is. And so the such a time as this has been coming together. Look at verse 20. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he Uh, of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness uh, to the living and to the dead. She lost three family members. And Naomi said to her, this man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Now, when I got to verse 20, and I want you to consider it. Whoa. Ruth and Naomi are very lucky. Oh, very coincidence that this happened. That she happened along Boaz's field. Church, never think that way. The world likes to do the old uh, good luck, cross the fingers, and then they all lie anyway. Get the salt, throw it over your shoulder, goes in your eye, you don't know what to do. There's no luck involved. It's divine appointment. It's God's hand of grace. Gosh, how many times in your life, in my life, has God had divine appointments for me, for you? That's the provisions of the Lord. And His family. Now Ruth knows. Verse 21. Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law it is good my daughter that you go out with his young the young women and that they and that the people do not meet you in any other field don't leave the field stay where god is blessing you i need to say this how many christians don't stay where god's blessing them you got a good job and You know, God's provided for you, but uh, certain little things happen and you get frustrated. I'm out of here. I'm looking for another job. Uh, You need to reevaluate. I I met a lot of guys like that. They came through the machine shops like crazy. And they were there for a season, then they left. Is God providing? Then stay there for a season. What about relationships? Sometimes people starting a relationship and they're so quick to discard that relationship. If God's brought you together, isn't he going to work through it? What about churches? I've been here 30 years. Mary and I could write a book of all those that have left. But praise God all those that have come back, and praise God all the new ones that have come. And praise God the ones that are on live stream now. You know? And and I don't get frustrated, and yet I question it. Lord, they, why'd they leave? And so we have to trust God. Naomi says, stay where you're at. Don't be looking. So many times we're, we want to look on the other side of the fence because of the grass is greener. Listen to this. The only reason the grass is greener is because you haven't been over there trampling all over it. That's the whole ball of wax. Like what one old pastor said, uh, well, I'm getting tired of my wife. I need to find a new one. Uh, I'm going to start looking for a new one. And the pastor said, hey, why aren't you satisfied with filet mignon and you're out there going to go look for bologna again? What's your problem? I never forgot that. Listen to verse 23, the conclusion now. So she stayed close by the young woman of Boaz. Uh, to glean uh, unto the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. And she dwelt with her mother-in-law. Ruth had found favor in Boaz's eyes. She had found favor, listen, in the harvesters, the women workers, the servants there. Uh, They all enjoyed that she was there. Was there jealousy earlier? Maybe but I don't believe anymore. She's part of the group. If you're taking notes, I want to give you a a few insights that I I thought Ruth chapter 2 was so beautiful. What Ruth did in this chapter, she put her trust in the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No more the worship of Moabite, God's with a small G. She has left her former home and family. And she moved in, in her book, she moved into a foreign family, a foreign country. But yet she saw something there. She saw the blessings. And you know what they tell you? Uh, The statistics are moving is one of the top ten stress in, in a person's life when they have to move. And Mary and I counted one time, uh, we moved about 18 times. (laughs) Sometimes across the, the city, and that's about it. She had come in among strangers. That's the third point. Never easy listen to trust strangers. Number four, she was the least in her own eyes. That's the way she saw herself. Maybe I can just glean for a meal. She had no idea that God was going to bless her even further. Number five, she found protection. Listen, under the wings of God. You know the scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. In, In the same way, Older Christians, listen, should be like Boaz unto younger Christians born like Ruth. You know, God's placed you there as an older believer, man or woman, and we're, we're to show love and compassion and grace to the younger. In fact, we're to instruct them with love and compassion and grace. Not to bully over them and not to... Hey how long have you been coming Pastor Bob? You know quotes that verse all the time. You should know it by now wrong, that's wrong. you heard him in the book of Galatians It's talking about one that uh, has gone astray. You're to restore them well here's a new believer. you need to begin to restore them. you need to begin to culture them You need to begin to bless them <laughs> the whole concept is agape love here. Mark this down in Matthew chapter 19, verse 19. uh, Jesus is is speaking to the rich young ruler concerning the law because he wanted to know, what must I do to get into the kingdom of God? Jesus says, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, Love is going to win over a multitude, a multitude of sins. Love is going to win over this. They're showing love and compassion uh, towards uh, uh, Ruth. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul's writing to the church at Colossae concerning having this faith in Christ. Since we heard of your faith, Paul is speaking about their testimony. Since we heard of your faith in Christ and of your love for all the saints. Love. Your love. My heart jumps when somebody writes, somebody calls, somebody emails, and they say, Pastor Bob, we came by, we visited, and we want to thank you, and we want to thank those servants that were there. They greeted us. They loved on us. And they even asked if we need anything. That's important, church. People are coming in, they're hurting. And we get busy with our own friends. We get busy with our own clique. And yet here comes somebody. We saw it, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. Two people, first service, second service. They have both lost a loved one. And I saw all of you, you reached out to them. That's love. That's love. They were hurting. Let me give you a few more points here. Ruth, example to us. Glean everything we can from the Word of God not talking about the fields but glean everything you can from the word of god that's why we study the word of god ruth worked hard at gleaning ruth had to stoop to gather every grain it's backbreaking ruth could only pick up one grain at a time ruth had to hold on to each grain and not to drop it ruth took the grain home and threshed it Ruth took the the thresh grain and winnowed it. Ruth was nourished by the grain. So was Naomi. So was Naomi. Listen, others will be blessed because of your pursuit of God. Others will be blessed because of your pursuit of the word of God. When you tell people you're Christian and they see your Christian values and they see your Christian character they hear your speech they know they know what do they know they know you've been with Jesus they know you've been with Jesus I want you to turn I want you to mark this this is our last verse we'll conclude 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 the caption in my Bible, there's about seven or eight verses in this section, what God desires from his saints in the Word of God. And so he's encouraging young Timothy, stay in the Word, stay in the Word. In 2 Timothy 2.15, I'm going to read out of the King James, because King James uses the word study. A study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, Rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to desire good Bible study. Good solid teaching. The word to study, be diligent. Be prompt. Be earnest in the study of God's word. That's what we try to do here. Sunday mornings. Wednesday nights. We have a discipleship class on Mondays. We have a recovery class on Tuesday. On Thursdays, we have Spanish ministry. And now we're getting ready to teach the book of Revelation on Friday nights. And so the Word of God has to be there. The Word of God has to be there. And Pastor Bob's not the only one that does the teachings. We have capable people that can do that. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Rightfully dividing the word of truth. Not making up our own doctrine, but giving healthy doctrine. The things that Ruth had learned from Naomi was being put into application now. The things that uh, Boaz had already known. I mean, if he didn't leave in the time of the famine, he trusted God. And now he knows that Naomi's come back and brought the the daughter-in-law back. There's this attraction, and we're going to see it further, and he's eventually going to take her as wife. So let's all stand, and we'll end with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for uh, the book of Ruth, chapter two. We're just looking with anticipation uh, the next two chapters, Lord, you have for us. Teach us, Lord, and let us be like the uh, the gleaners at the time. Let us glean from the word of God, and so Father, minister to Our every need. And again, Lord, we pray for Bill. That you would bring your healing mercies to him, Lord. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are God, our healer. And so touch his body. Lord, anybody else here tonight, touch their bodies, Lord. And go before them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And we all agree by saying, Amen.